the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back, high school football fans, to another edition of South Coast End Zone, the podcast. After a brief uh, one-week hiatus uh, caused by my own sickness, uh, illness, I guess I should say, <laughs> uh, we are back and we are looking forward to a big old Rochester South Section Championship game. I'm here with uh, Lori Los. Yep. Lori Los Lee. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's How you all doing, right. Lori? I'm doing great. I'm excited for. Uh, we still have one team left standing. You know, we had 29 start the playoffs between uh, football, soccer, field hockey, volleyball. Um, and now we're down to one, old Rochester football. That's so. it. Dartmouth girls soccer was the next to last. Yes, yes. So, uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, you get to this point and you're like, all right, let's let's ride the horse or yeah, let's ride so the Bulldogs, right? Yeah, now focus it all in on the Bulldogs. And uh, they have a rematch, actually, of last year's section title game. Uh, so they're going to be playing number three, Ashland. The Bulldogs are number four. Last year, the Bulldogs were the top seed. I forget exactly what seed Ashland was, but uh, last year, Ashland had to come to Old Rochester and play in the mud and yes. the rain in uh, Mattapoisett. This year, the Bulldogs are going to go going up to Ashland and their turf field. Yes. Yeah. I heard it's a beautiful facility up there. It's about uh, maybe about an hour, 15 minutes from, from yep, Old over Rochester. Over by uh, like Framingham yep. area of people. Yep. So uh, Ashland is nine and which 0. is at Bryce uh, Gilbo's alma mater, right? Yes, Framingham, yeah. which he's hoping, uh, fingers crossed, that he has uh, a good, some support from the uh, football program there. Maybe you know there he's you trying, yeah, trying to little, get them to come out and support him. Maybe a little pregame Twitter shout out or something yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although he he did uh, warn me that Andrew McKay, the coach at Ashland, um, actually coached briefly. Uh, I think an assistant at Framingham. So. Oh, so both sides love some support. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll see about that. Uh, but uh, but it definitely sounds like it'll be an exciting exciting uh, atmosphere. You know, when you get to this level, it's just you know, I mean, it. it yeah, you're, section title game. A couple it's... steps away from the soup from Gillette. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, a few more wins and you're there. Uh, but Ashland nine and zero this year. Um, they they're coming off a. Uh, 33 to 16 upset of Rockland. Um, Rockland had won 14 straight games going into that one, and mm-hmm. and Ashland came out and and beat them. Um, you know, and quarterback Dominic Kavanoff. Um, this kid is probably is by far the best quarterback they'll have seen all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a dual threat. Um, he can run with the ball, but he can throw. He can throw deep. He's accurate. Um, he just he. He really, they he can spread the uh, the defense um, with, with with his arm. Uh, he's got a couple of big receivers, especially six foot six Kevin Russell. Um, that's his top Ooh, receiver. Six, six. Yes, uh, you know Bryce said a lot of times he just throws and just throws jump up balls, there. Probably, jump balls, yeah. yep, jump balls. Um, he's so also Tommy DeRocher might be involved in a few of those. Yeah, he's yeah. Probably Old Rogers' biggest yeah right. uh, defensive back. Yeah. yeah so the secondary is definitely going to be tested. Um, you know, I would say often mm-hmm. um, in this game, but then you can't. You can't just focus on that because they can also run the ball. You know, um, they have a couple of good running backs as well. Uh, Eddie Lopez is their main guy. Um, and then they have this guy, Eddie uh, Braganca, I guess is that how you sp- uh, say it. Um, and Jake um, Merlani. Um, and those guys also, you know. Merloni? Yeah. Um, yeah. Any relation to Lou? He is actually. He is related. Uh, I don't know exactly what the relationship is, but uh, but it's in my notes here from from our <laughs> sister paper, it says that he is related um, to former Red Sox player. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that can put points up on the board, and uh, you know, really can uh, can be a big test for Old Rochester's defense, which. 
you know, the defense has risen to the occasion. Mm-hmm. I feel like over and over again this year. I know last year when they went to the Super Bowl, they graduated what twenty two kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kids were on the defensive side yeah. that are gone. So Basically, those, most of the linebacking and secondary. Yeah, so these are all kids that were kind of standing there waiting, like, when am I going to get my chance? And now they're out there and they're, and they're learning, they're making plays. And you know, this was the goal to get back to the South Final. See what they could do, maybe make a run at Gillette, you know, but at least get back to the South Final um, with so many new faces and a new head coach. And, and it's the third straight year they're there. They lost yeah. to Middleborough two years ago and then beat the same Ashland team. Not exactly the same Ashland team, yeah. but beat Ashland last year. Well, they have a but lot of seniors. Be, I think they have like 24 seniors. So or it might be a lot of Ashland yeah. kids back then. Yeah. Um, now, it was, it'll be very different games, though. I don't yeah. know if it's be tough to compare the games because last year, you know, Ashland's much more of a passing team. Than old Rochester is. So last year, in the rain, on you know, we know although the field conditions at Old Rochester aren't the best, yep. especially once you start getting some moisture there. Yeah. And uh, so it kind of everything was set up for Old Rochester. Pound the ball on the ground. Ashland's not going to be able to throw it that well. You know, you don't have a lot of great footing. So kind of Old Rochester's north-south running game. They really just kind of uh, depended on Des Dias in that game. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this year it's a lot different. Oh, going up, being on the turf field, Ashland will be able to get it a little bit more into its spread offense, mm-hmm. distribute the ball around a little bit more. And uh, so there'll be a lot of weight on that secondary shoulders. Uh, but they have come a long way. I mean, they played against a pretty dangerous quarterback last week uh, in the Norwell game. And other than the first eight minutes or so of the third quarter – uh, they they did very very well, and in the past game they did well the entire game. Yep. Um, they give up a li- you know a little bit of momentum there in the third quarter, uh, but it'll be a very different game, and uh, I would not expect a twenty eight to six no uh, kind of final score like we had last year. I think this one will be a lot closer. No, and I, and I I mean I think this one kind of has the potential you know depending on the weather. Um, you know I know this is the turf field, but depending on um you know if it's a nice night or what, but it, it has the potential, I think, to be kind of a shootout. You know, I mean, both heads, both teams kind of going head-to-head because Old Rochester has been able to put points up on the board. I know they didn't score a lot last week, you know, only 22. But they moved the ball yeah. a lot of yards. They yeah. just had a couple so of red zone opportunities that yeah. didn't go well. Yeah. And that'll be key, too. I mean, you're, the one thing that might keep it from being a shootout is that Old Rochester really likes to control the clock. And yes, they did that they very, very well against Norwell. Um, there was... I had in my so I think it was 19 minutes of possession out of wow. 24 minutes in the first half. That's impressive. Basically, they had like a seven-minute drive. Norwell had like a three and out. Old Rochester had another five or six-minute drive. Norwell had a, a one play and lost the ball uh, on an interception. And then Old Rochester had another long drive. Uh, so it was, yeah. Norwell had run four plays until the final few minutes of the second quarter. So if Old Rogers can do that, get out, get on these – 70-yard, 14-play, seven, eight-minute drives and really control the clock and keep the ball out of uh, the offensive hands of yep. Ashland, that could be key. Yeah, no, that, that what do they say? Your be- best defense is, a, is an offense that kind of moves the chains and kind of takes that to eat that clock. Yep. So uh, They can't score if they don't have the ball. No, de- well, unless unless it's the defense, right? That's true, that's true. <laughs> you know, at this point. Um, but, it, but I mean, it should be, you know, a big game, exciting game. Old Rochester, I know, um, you know, they're 8-1 and one now. Uh, they You know, they started the year with the, the big win over, over Dartmouth and over time. They lost to upon a quit mm-hmm. and they've just been on this to wake them up yeah i think uh you know bryce was saying i think to, they realized they weren't going to coast at that point like yeah. they really had to put it in, put in the work every yeah, week uh coach gilbo said today because i stopped by school today and he was saying that that was the best thing that could have happened them to them losing to upon a quit because it really kind of woke them up because a lot of these kids even though they were new you know new to the to, to starting on varsity um 
they were used to winning. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, they never really experienced, you know, opposition yes. or, you know, adversity other than the Super Bowl actual championship game itself. Yeah. And uh, and that was kind of a wake up call. Like, hey, you know, we, we have to go out here and we have to play, you know, and we we have to want this. And, mm-hmm. and it really kind of was a wake up call to that to them. And they've won seven straight since then. They haven't all been easy. I know, um, you know, Coach Gibble was saying last week, you know, probably in that third quarter was where they were like, oh, or, you know, the game yeah. could go either way, one Absolutely. way or the other. It was you a know. 15 all game with three minutes to play. Yeah, you know, and uh, and they they just kind of, you know, went out there and made some plays. They made things happen. They didn't wait for something to happen. And, and that's kind of, uh, you know, been the case all year. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. had some spots where they've had to go out. I know that I was at the Aponiquit game, the, the second game, and that was a pretty close game early on in that one. And, and they had they had to come out in that second half and really just turn it on. And they and they did and, you know, ended up being a route. But, you know, it was close in that first half. And I think they've just feel like they feel like they're, they've been battle tested. You know, mm-hmm. like that's something that they you know, we're kind of preaching today was that, you know, we've been in these situations, you know, where we've had to, to kind of fight and, and we've been able to, to come out on top. So, uh, and some that, of these kids, while they graduated 22 seniors have been in the big moments too. Yes. I mean, you look at it, Jackson, Cody, Dylan DeWolf, Cam mm-hmm. Brzezinski, John Bersari, you know, yeah. a lot of these guys played and started and played big minutes and were involved in key plays in some, not just last year, but some of them, you know, yeah. two years ago, Jackson Cody was a starting safety a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, and even, you know, Ryan Thomas, uh, you know, he was, he was the kicker and he was involved in other mm-hmm. things. And so, yep. you know, some of these guys uh, in Tremblay and so, so, you know, a lot of these players have played in big moments. And so the moment certainly won't be too big for him. No, no. Um, and also we mentioned Ryan Thomas. He really seems to have, you know, really come a long way this season uh, as a passer, um, I, I'm probably a little jaded because I saw him against Aponiquit the first time this yes. year. Yes, and I'm I'm guessing if he looked back on it, he would say that was probably his worst game of the year. Uh, and then you know, then I saw him against Dr. and and he and he looked better. And then I thought in the Norwell game, uh, in the passing game, that was as good as he looked. Mm-hmm. Um, his decision making wasn't a hundred percent there, maybe on some of the tosses when they're running the option. Yep. Um, uh, you know, but you're not always seeing exactly what he's seeing out there and, and the holes that he's seeing when you're watching from the sidelines. Uh, but I was really impressed with with the accuracy on his balls and how well he threw his deep balls. How much air he got under them and how he was able to allow his receivers to kind of run under them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was great. Everything seemed, seemed to be on point. And they didn't throw the ball a lot, but the first four pass attempts they, they attempted were completed. So hey, it that done. could be key. You know, if they yeah. fall behind too, they might need the passing game to come back. You know, they might not be able to rely on the running game as they have throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and, and to be able to develop that, especially down the stretch when you're hoping to make this run, I mean, you need it. You mm. know, you need it, especially if teams are, teams are keying, you know, on the, on, the, um, on the rushing attacks. So, and they've proven that they can throw it. You know, I mean, he's he's got the receivers out there. I mean, I even connected a few weeks ago when I was at the game uh, to Dylan DeWolf a few times. Yep. Uh, you know, I think one was a big Brzezinski, di- yeah. uh, Dylan Thomas, D- yeah, Tommy uh, DeRocher, yeah. who's really come on the second half. He's kind of become his go-to receiver. Yeah, he's got a lot him. of size, got good hands, and uh, it might not be able to throw any toss-up balls to him, though, with a 6'6 kid oh, if they uh, yeah, end up being yeah. matched up on each other. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it should be an exciting game. Uh, like we said, it's uh, it's Friday night, seven o'clock. Um, it's at Ashland, um, so you got to leave a little bit early um, to head up there. Um, and it's the Division Six South Final. Um, so this is uh, this is what it's all all hanging on. And here. we'll have plenty of coverage. Laura yep. and I will both be there. So uh, follow on SC Varsity, SC underscore Varsity on, on Twitter. Twitter. We'll have all kinds of updates and videos and 
Good stuff. We'll have some stuff on Instagram, I'm sure, at yes. SC Varsity. No underscore on Instagram. And I'm sure we'll even get a few things up on Facebook throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be, uh, you know, a great night. We're looking forward to looking it. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, this is, I think, is this your first ORR section final game? Were you at the Middleborough? I was at the Middleborough game. I didn't remember if we double covered that or not. Oh, God. I can't remember that. I know that was two years ago. Because obviously last year you were on maternity leave. Yeah. I can't remember if I was at that one. I feel like I was, but maybe yeah, not. The lo- it was a loss to Middleborough. Was it at Middleborough? Um, no, it was at Old Rochester. Then maybe it was um, there. The, the, um, oh, what was his name? Evan. Oh, Watts you know what? That was that was was that the really year Wareham was good too. I think I was covering yes, the. I you was were covering, at the Wareham section final yeah. game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was covering Wareham and you were covering ORR. All right. Well, I'm excited yeah. to cover my third straight ORR section final game and. Uh, Happy to have you come along here. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, there are some other games uh, still going on this week, uh, some non-playoff football games. Uh, we have Bishop's... All on Friday. This, yeah, this is our first only Friday week of the year. And they're all and we'll technically the at night, too. Yeah, um, you know, the, the yeah. earliest uh, two six o'clock games. So we have Bishop Stang at Aponiquit. Uh We have Archbishop Williams at Vogue Tech. Uh, those are both six o'clock games. And then we have Marshfield at New Bedford at seven, uh, Medfield at Dartmouth at seven, Martha's Vineyard at Fairhaven, we think is at seven, but we haven't confirmed yeah, that, it. It could be at six. There's it could not be, a lot of information out there on that game. We've searched everywhere, high and low, so we're waiting back for an email there, but we think it's either six or seven. And then Old Colony's on the road at Randolph at seven o'clock. So, uh, yeah, so full I mean, slate. And then uh, Wareham plays on Thursday. Um, uh, they're they, gonna be home home to southeastern at five five o'clock and uh, so. that's a very winnable game for the vikings yeah. no, definitely. i mean southeastern was a team of oak tech beat up on uh was it week one yeah yeah they beat them pretty pretty week handily one, and uh, you know where has been the team that the teams that can beat it's beat yeah yeah no you know, they've the they, games that they've they've and this would be what four wins if they win this one four and five I think if they, they win it. Three, they're three and five. Three, yeah, yeah, three and five going into this. Which one. I mean, then, gosh, I went to a preseason practice there. Yeah. Had eighteen kids at it, and I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't know how they're gonna be able to finish a game, let alone win a game. So kudos to yeah. Fran Cass and the coaching staff and the players who stuck it out. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, and uh, I'm sure there's been probably even a few players, uh, hopefully added throughout the season because, you know, it seemed like they were so thin at the beginning. Um, but really, a pretty good story there. Wareham with yeah, uh, the football and especially because then they have Bourne on Thanksgiving, and we know Bourne's down this year as well there's a good shot of five and five there for that team yeah that would be awesome for them so um yep so that's that's our slate of non-playoff games any Uh, of them stand out for you uh you know looking at that stang uponiquit game yeah that uh, that one i feel like you saw the spartans last week i saw the lakers last week yeah uh stang looked good um you know they had their uh their young guy um what is it greg uh morales Morales, yeah yeah he came up huge he had some some huge receptions down the stretch and just really voted our football player of the week yeah he just seemed like anything that got thrown to him he caught you know and and i really feel like if there was another maybe two or three minutes left in that game stank probably would have won that because they were driving down the field they had all the momentum they just didn't have the time on the clock and they didn't have the timeouts and it just basically the game ended you know i think it was on the the vogue tech i don't know, 27 yard line that is yeah. where the last sometimes in was. like cross country or track you'll say that you ran out of race yes yes you yeah. were catching up but you just the finish line came yep. a little bit too early that, yeah. that's what happened and, to the Spartans, yeah because right? i know uh vogue tech was Got the win, but it wasn't the prettiest win. And and they, they won the first half. They lost the second half, it almost felt like. And I feel like the th- kids felt afterwards, you could almost feel it, like that they were a little deflated because they didn't play as well as they had hoped mm. in the second half. And, you know, coaching staff had to remind them, like, hey, you just won a game. Like, yeah. it wasn't pretty. You know, you didn't play your best, but you won a game there. So, 
Um, so the, uh, you know, I see Vogue Tech, you know, I mean, they, they've been able to kind of turn things around too. I mean, you know, the, you know, Archbishop Williams, I don't know how, um, good they are, but, uh, you know, it should be hopefully a game that, that the bears will be in, um, mm-hmm. especially with, you know, Thanksgiving coming up on the and horizon. They were one game over 500. So they're still kind of fighting for that over 500 season. Yeah. For the, for the whole year. So, um, and, and going back to the staying upon uh, the Lakers did clinch an above 500 record yes, already. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to see them. I've, I felt like there was a little chance. Sometimes you see teams that had really good regular season. They go into the playoffs and they get knocked out in the first round and their, their competitive, really competitive part of their season ends before they expected it to. Yeah. And they just don't bounce back. Right. You know, kind of everyone's like, it just deflates them. And that wasn't the case with the Lakers. Uh, they came up and, you know, played really well on both sides of the ball against Case. And it also really showed the disparity to me between the SEC large this year and the SEC small. Because yes. Case was, you know, the top dog. The top dog. Yeah, they, were, yeah. they were 6-0, and uh, you know, in their first six games. Kind of swept through the South Coast small. And, you know, here's a Poniquit, which was the number three team in, South, in the SEC large had lost to DR, the number four team in the SEC large, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't even you know that competitive between them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but that yeah. defense really, uh, that was actually their third shot out of the year for the Lakers, and one of those obviously came against Old Rochester. Yeah. So when they're playing things right, uh, Poniquet's going to be really tough. So uh, that staying Poniquet game is going to be a pretty interesting one, I think. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I really think it could almost go either way. Depends yeah. on you know who shows up. I mean, they you know even though Sting's coming off the loss, I feel like they have some momentum because the way they finish that game, I mean, they finish it strong, so... Um, that, that and that's was, been a thing with Stang all year. Right? They've been pretty good there in those fourth quarters. They've had some comeback yeah. wins, and they've played really strong late in games. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Curious about that New Bedford game, too. I want to see how they. I want to see if they've uh, they've packed it in or not. Yeah. Zavarian. I mean, that. that I was, mean, Zavarian's a tough team. Not as good as they've been in years past, though. I mean, no. New Bedford beat Barnstable, which beat Zavarian. And yep. New Bedford was in a really close game against Brockton, which also beat Zavarian. Brockton beat New Bedford, but it, was, it could have gone either way yep. in that game. So you thought they were going to be right on par with them, it and they were like, for a half. Yeah, I was about to say, it seemed but like But even the first in that half. half, they still gave up 30 points. Yeah, yeah, well, they... And then they gave up another 30 in the second half. I mean, 61 points. That's uh, it, was a, it was a big 12 score. Yeah, no, that like was... It was, that was uh, it sounded like it kind of got a little out of hand. Yeah, I mean, at I that point. Six touchdowns. They gave up six touchdowns and more than 40 yards. Oh. So really interesting to see, because that was one thing that we felt like was different about this New Bedford team yes. this year, was they had this resiliency that had been lacking in the previous seasons. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to see if there's still some pride left there, you yeah. know? I, I think some of those kids... And Ethan Medeiros, Tyreek Williams, uh, Eric Dosenberg. Uh, yeah. You know who really impressed me actually in the playoff game with like kind of how positive and how he was really still in the game was Nigel Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's been well documented, you know, kind of the off the field issues he had early in his career. But for him to be able to come in in that game where some of the kids you could tell had kind of checked out or were just too in their own heads or too frustrated or too down – he was really keeping them up. So, uh, you know, I hope that those leaders there in that locker room and Mark DeBrino really get their team back on track this week. Uh, you know, because you win that and you win Durfee, like he's actually going to look back on it as a, as a really successful season. Yeah, no, definitely. This is, this is the moment to kind of hopefully finish on a strong point for mm-hmm. them. So uh, Dartmouth is home, senior night, um, 7 o'clock. Uh, for, uh, you know, first kind of Friday night lights for them, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and I'll finally get to show off the new field on a real Friday night game. Yeah, so they'll be home against Medfield. And uh, last week they ended up, uh, they, they won it. I think it was, what was it at? Yep, uh, um, sandwich? Uh, yes, at Sandwich. Sandwich, yep. yeah. So they won at Sandwich, so they're coming off a win. Oh, was that the previous week? Oh, I can't remember. Gosh, yeah, they <laughs> did win, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was an overtime. I feel like it was beat, Sandwich. Okay. 
I feel like so. I feel like that. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> they definitely won in overtime. It's been a long, it's been a long season. Uh, on a field goal, right? In overtime? Gosh. Yeah, it's all a blur these days. Yeah. And you then tell how much research uh, I did before <laughs> I came in here. Brendan did none. I, I, I did very little. Um, I wrote down one thing. I wrote down 28 to 6 last year. Yeah, the, uh, the old uh, Rogers or Ashland score. Marsh, uh, Martha's Vineyard, like I said, is going to Fairhaven. Uh, Fairhaven lost last week. That's where Brendan caught up a game to me. Uh, no, they were playing what diamond. I, both games I've caught up to you this year have been uh, Fairhaven. I know. I need to stop picking games. Fairhaven. All right, this week I'm not picking Fairhaven. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I don't know much about Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, tough. Season. But it's interesting because Fairhaven seems to be like that really bad luck team this year. Yeah, I feel like that where they've too. They've been in a lot of close games, turnovers, and they're just they can't close. No, no, they can't finish. They're, they're not following the uh, ABC rule, right? Yeah, because they have some t- they have some talented athletes there. Um, uh, Owen Sabula, I mean, uh, you know, Peter, Peter Joseph, Alex you know. Almeida had a good game in that yeah, one. I just, Seventy it, yards, like a touchdown. It receiver. just seems like they're they're making mistakes at the wrong time. You know, like I saw them. One of their losses was the one point loss to uh, God. Was it Born? No, who was it that was previously winless? It might have been Born. Yeah, no, they lost yeah, to Born yeah. um, by one, and it was like they just kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over and over again, and it was just kind of like, you know. I don't know. Like you said, bad luck. Um, you know, it's just like if one bounce had gone a different way, they would have been. They would have won that game. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and they did have no turnovers last week, so that was an improvement. Maybe yeah. they're a little better with the ball security. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. If, uh, Mar- and Martha's Vineyard's got the, the you know the trip here, so mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe that'll give uh, Fairhaven a little bit of an advantage there. And Old Colony is at Randolph. Uh, you know, Friday night lights for the I'm, Cougars. I'm not too worried about the uh, Cougars having the pride to kind of yeah. continue fighting despite the playoff loss last week. I think they'll bring it. Yeah, and I think I think at, they're also looking at it probably as a whole of like let's have let's finish like the year as the best year in school mm-hmm. history. You two know more I mean? wins. Yeah, they can, if they win their last two. Yeah, you know, they'll have the best right, first nine win team in Old Colony football history. So they got a lot to play for still uh, for the Cougars. Even one win ties them for the all time. Yeah, you know, best record or most wins, I suppose it is, because it was an eight and two team, right? I think. Was it eight so and two or eight and three? Well, so they yeah, were eight and three a few years ago, but I think that that team two, tied an eight and two team. Yep. From when there were a few less game, you know, one less game a few years prior to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a late '90s team, I want to say it was. I think so. Yeah, so uh, you know, if you look at winning percentage, you know, eight and three doesn't quite match up, but tying the total the total wins, wins per yeah. season. Um, so you know, yeah, so a lot of good football on the slate. Here this week, uh, obviously highlighted by that old Rochester-Ashland matchup. Yep. Like I said, follow us on the social medias. Uh, we'll have constant updates, and then you can read uh, our stories following the game on southcoasttoday.com, southcoastvarsity.com, and it'll be in, excuse me, Sunday's Standard Times.